Revealing truth by exposing lies. What does that mean? That means that on this podcast, we're going to talk about a variety of subjects, but we have an intention in mind, and that is to move beyond political ideology, religious dogmatism, tribalism, and nationalism, even beyond personal opinion, beyond false authorities that so many people don't even question, and taking you, the audience, someplace that you may not be quite ready to go, to that place beyond us and them. This is Two Dimwits. We are two political idiots who want to discuss politics and religion. Dwight Hignite on the left, Mark Matthews on the right. Thank you for joining us as we find common ground between the far left and the far right. So I would begin this conversation by saying that I take a conspiratorial view of history. And when I say I take a conspiratorial view of history, what I'm saying is that that uh, things didn't happen randomly or by accident. Uh, when we talk about the political struggle of the human beings creating government and as things move forward, to me, the best way to explain this is the Hegelian dialectic. And this is also what influenced Marx and, and uh, I believe. And so, Keep saying that. I'm going to do some research on that. Yes, the Hegelian dialectic, the idea that there was a thesis, antithesis, and then synthesis. Mm-hmm. Okay, So the idea here is that you have two different ideologies that are pit against each other and that over the course of time they merge together and form the synthesis. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that's just another way to say that that there is a cons- there's a that's my way of explaining the conspiratorial view of history. I believe that you have a group of people who conspire on the left and a people who conspire on the right, and then they're pitted against each other, and then eventually they merge together and they create the synthesis. And that's what um, the Hegelian dialectic is. And if you from explaining it from my point of view, I would say that that is a conspiratorial view of history. Okay, okay? I'm going to agree with that. The the where I would disagree is if there's some third group that forces them to come together because they have a secret plan from the beginning. That's what I would disagree with. But I can yeah, well, certainly see that in our government and in a lot of different I don't places. know that I disagree with you. Uh, I you know I, would, I guess that I would like to believe that there's an Illuminati that's like behind everything. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you know, when I do the, the research and I go back and I read the history, I, I come to the conclusion that, that 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 um that all historians seem to have come to, which is that this secret order of the Illuminati that started by you know professor of canon law at Ingolstadt University, his name was Adam Weisep, mm-hmm. he was Jesuit trained, and this guy uh he he really wanted to create a world revolution. Well, I don't know if revolution is the right word. He wanted to create a secret society that would promote the idea of a global government's with- new world order. Okay, it's called the New World Order, but I hasten to add New World Order without God. Because that's an important ingredient. And a lot of times when people talk about conspiracies in the Illuminati, they don't 
specifically mention that fact. But if you go back and you look at the forces that were at work at that time, um, you know, the intellectuals and the intelligentsia of that period, it was called the Renaissance, and that these were all men of enlightenment. They believed in reason, and they were discounting the idea of God. They were discounting the, the church's authority. And at that time, you had the, the Catholic Church and, and the monarchies of Europe, they were all intertwined. And so the problem is, if you were going to speak out against politically against the, the papacy or the monarchy, you were could find yourself in shackles pretty quick. Absolutely. Religion and politics were exactly the same thing, and there was no freedom of speech. Right, yeah. so the people who were pushing back against that, as they should have been, yep. were people who became uh, necessarily hostile towards the idea of God and religion. They threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. And so, um, and we can kind of sympathize with that. I mean, these guys were, they were, they were enlightened, they were Renaissance men, they were starting to understand things about science and, and all these things for the first time, and they really just didn't want to be confined to a small Box. They didn't want to. Right. They, they considered the people who believed in the <laughs> doctrines of the church and didn't question anything as being narrow-minded and stupid. But as most human beings do, they went too far. They went too far, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that even if you were to uh, raise them from the dead and have them look at history and look at their own opinions, they probably would agree that they went too far mm-hmm. with, with some perspective. But mm-hmm. at the time, they were pushing the envelope, and right. the reason they were pushing the envelope is because they thought liberty for the human race was more important than maintaining the status quo, because the status quo was broken in their view. Yeah. And I think we could agree that they were right about uh, that. I agree with that. I think that probably continues to be true today. Right. So as a consequence, what you had was these men who necessarily formed uh, secret societies because in order to avoid the stockade or being burned at the stake, they needed to find some kind of a secret society where they could speak openly amongst each other, uh, Mm -hmm. with each other about scientific things that were being rejected by the church and what have you. Absolutely. And so uh, that's why these secret societies existed was a matter of necessity. Mm -hmm. So the natural place for them to uh, to gravitate was the um, the uh, Freemasons was a natural place for them to gravitate to because they already existed as a secret society and they weren't viewed as a threat. This was like normal. Yeah, yeah people this... just accepted it. Absolutely. Uh, and so you could easily uh, hold a meeting in the Freemason Lodge and talk about whatever you wanted to and you didn't have to worry that you were going to get hauled off to the stockade or totally different view of Freemasons at that time than what there is now. Yeah, nobody totally nobody viewed it as a conspiratorial organization right. at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, this was t- soon to change, and part of what brought about that change and why the, the, the Freemasons became viewed as a, as a dangerous satanic cult and all this other stuff was what erupted after the uh, secret documents of the Order of the Illuminati were discovered. What I, I guess you know the story. Um, there was a man who was, uh, back then, if he wanted to send letters you couldn't you couldn't send an email so right. you would hire somebody who uh who would be a, a, a carry a dispatch on horseback pony to express pony express thing. basically mm-hmm. yeah and uh one of these dispatches was being carried by a horseman uh, during a thunderstorm as he was crossing a field he got struck by lightning and so the next day you know they're investigating they open up his satchel and i mean god was uh behind uh oh yeah absolutely this happen? it okay. was an act of god okay no question okay. about it okay. boom like, okay don't confuse that for randomness. Okay, um, <laughs> that's a whole other subject right there. No, I, I'm, being, I'm being facetious. Absolutely, but, yeah. But the thing is that, uh, according to what 
if you look in this, if you look at uh, anybody that sells insurance, they're going to sell, they're going to sell you insurance and they're going to say, but it does not indemnify you against acts of God. Right. Yeah. That's in the, that's in the document that you sign when you sign an insurance uh-huh. paper to this day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what is, what is defined legally as an act of God is something that's beyond uh, control. You know, that's like code a, for random event. It's code for random event. Mm-hmm. You had this guy who got hit by lightning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a random event. I'm um, distracting you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway, the point is that, um, the these guys were intellectuals. They thought themselves to be superior and whatever. And so I find it to be ironic that they that it was an act of God mm. that um, that brought them off their high horse, their high intellectual horse, literally knocked yeah. them down the ground. Right. And so this conspiracy was revealed to the world, and several people wrote books, and it became a big thing. It created a lot of hysteria and a pushback against the Freemasons because, uh, as a consequence of this and the books that were written, there was an attempt to, to say that okay, there's this world revolution conspiracy and. And, it, and it's and it's uh, being harbored by the by the uh, Freemasons, and you know it's it's a deeply rooted conspiracy, and blah blah blah. And this was this went on for years mm-hmm. after that. And there were several events that that um, happened later that contributed to this. And eventually, in this country, there became an anti-Freemason party. Yeah, that, that's a very curious thing. We were talking about that before the the, the podcast. I've I've never heard of. Uh of this. I think we both agree to kind of look into it. Yeah, we should look into it more, because mm-hmm. that could be the subject of a whole other podcast, maybe yeah. a spinoff from this at some point. Sure. But um, getting back to the question at hand, you know, was there a, uh, a conspiracy? Absolutely. The question is, you know, how successful was it? You know, mm-hmm. and the thing is, I from historical records, I would say that at that the membership at that time mm-hmm. was somewhere between seven hundred and maybe two thousand five hundred or two thousand people. Okay, that right. was, and most of the most of them were spread out because all over Europe, and they were infiltrating into other Freemason groups. But is but the question is, how far did they get, and how long did they survive? And from historical information that I've looked at, it's, uh, it looks like just a couple of years, the whole thing just kind of fell apart. Yeah, I think it was disbanded in seventeen eighty five, something along those lines uh-huh. and uh yeah I, I you know again i i, I think that uh, most likely it did fall apart so you know what's really curious and i and i haven't t- had time to do the research uh but how did it become such a big deal today i mean this is something that happened you know 200 and some odd years ago so why do we see you know beyonce is the illuminati on the internet, I mean, you know, well, this where did this come from? You know, where did well, this come from? The word Illuminati became uh, popularized by a by a science fiction trilogy that was written by Robert Anton Wilson. He, he did the Illuminati trilogy, and uh, I think this was back in the seventies, early seventies. Okay, and um, he was 70, 60, something like that. Yeah, most people today don't are not familiar with it, but this was really what what catapulted the word Illuminati into popper, popular culture is Robert Anton Wilson, a really smart guy. Uh, he, he kind of like was a contrarian, like he would take the contrary view of everything. And he, But mm-hmm. he spoke in kind of riddle, and he was always with a tongue-in-cheek, kind of like he, he wasn't to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. He, and, and only uh, he appealed to, to smart people. People knew he was joking, but, mo- but a lot of people didn't. And right, so they took it serious. They took a lot of things that he yeah. said as being literal fact when it wasn't. He was kind of like the Dan Brown of his time, you uh-huh. know, like the, the Da Vinci Code and all right, this. Right, Well, he was good. Dan kind of like, you know, he yeah. was a lot better than Dan Brown. Oh, okay. Right? okay, this okay guy, gotcha. he, he was a uh, – uh, Dan is just a novice. He's like, you know, 
<laughs> anyway, um, and so he wrote this book, and it kind of caught the idea on. And then mm-hmm. I'm assuming with the internet in the '90s and in the early 2000s, you know, it just kind of spread like wildfire. Well, the next thing that happened was in the '80s. There was a, a, a card game. Do you remember Magic the Gathering? People would play yeah. the card game. Well, yeah. before that, there was a game called the Illuminati. Really? Yeah, there was a trading game called the Illuminati. Huh. And uh, this was Peter Jackson who put that out. And it was, I think, in the 80s or whatever. Okay. And and some of the cards showed the World Trade Center with a plane flying into them. Oh, now we're going down the rabbit hole here. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So anyway, this this is another Uh thing that brought the word Illuminati into popular culture is because of this trading game. Illuminati, the New World Order. That was the title of the game. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this this trading, this card trading game uh, was Peter Jackson who put that out there. And I think a lot of his ideas came from the Robert Anton Wilson's trilogy. So he took okay. that and he just and it, so it became a subculture. There were people who were interested in it. Okay. And um, it, it was a real popular trading uh, card game. People would just buy it as a collector's item and not even play the game. Like, I, I bought it as a collector's item. I had all huh. the cards. I had every card that was ever issued. And wow. I just kept it on the shelf. It was just like something, yeah. you know. See, I've never heard of that. The thing that um, I notice about this Illuminati conspiracy stuff is that it seems to be that if someone is on the left... Mm-hmm. Or if they're a part of the Republican establishment, uh, they're labeled Illuminati. Really? It, it just se- it just seems like that that's that's just what I see. And so well, my my concern is is you know it's it's easy to especially in this day and age to if you can label your opponents your political opponents. With some sort of evil conspiracy in league with the devil thing, it's it's very useful. And so well, I wonder if the alt right's been using this Illuminati nonsense to <laughs> to to get their political viewpoints out. You know, now, I'm sure Hillary Clinton is Illuminati. You know, when you say, say the right, you're referring to the right like there's some like they the right they. That that sounds yeah. like a conspiracy theory to me. Oh, <laughs> don't make me eat my words now. Yeah. I mean, well, we as human beings, we have to have we 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 do. We we honestly we see patterns and we have to have in us and them in order to make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. People do slap labels on their uh, political opponents, and that's not a new phenomenon. No. I mean, you know, the fact, back, if we go back to, uh, let's take, um, when George Washington was going to become president of the United States, he was accused of being an Illuminatus because a lot of the early founding fathers were uh, Freemasons. Freemasons. Uh-huh. And um, the fact is that he <clears throat> he wrote a letter in defense of Adam Weissup, and there's a historical record of George Washington saying that Adam Weissup wasn't, was misunderstood. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So um, that's new information to me. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Thomas Jefferson was accused of being a uh, uh, Illuminati, uh, mm-hmm. and so who knows? Maybe he was, and some he was, you know, because the, mm-hmm. a lot of the early Illuminatis found themselves uh, aligned with the French Revolution, and Thomas Jefferson yeah. was a big proponent of the French Revolution. Well, it just seems that there's a difference between the Illuminati, the historical Illuminati, and the Illuminati that's being sold to us Right, now. absolutely. So it's become, because of popular culture, because of the trilogy by Robert Anton Wilson, because of the uh, ja- uh, Peter Jackson uh, 
card trading game. This word Illuminati has taken on a life of its own, and now it's become a label that gets attached to any, uh, you know, cabal. Yeah. And so now you have, and the word cabal, by the way, is another word that there's a history behind where that word came from. Hmm. And I, uh, I won't go into it now, but the point is that we see these patterns repeating themselves where, you know, there's a real conspiracy and then that conspiracy gets a label, whether it's cabal or whether it's Illuminati or whatever. And then that term becomes institutionalized in our vocabulary. It becomes yeah. part of our, uh, so now a hundred years later, we're calling this group a cabal or we're calling this group a conspiracy, uh, Illuminati or what have you. Uh-huh. And so now people talk about the Illuminati in the music industry. They talk about yeah. the Illuminati in Hollywood. Well, of course yeah. this has no, uh, connection to the historic uh, Bavarian Illuminati. Right, and and what bothers me the most, I think, is this this fictional idea is being used as something that's real and being used for real purposes. Well, people sound stupid sometimes when they talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hear people who have no education on the subject, um, well, and probably no education to speak of, um, are. <laughs> quick to just rant and rave about Illuminati this and Illuminati that. Right. And all they're doing is repeating what they've heard on YouTube videos. Exactly. And, like, there's nothing to it. There's no... It's just all nonsense. It's, it's, it, the thing about it is, is it's entertaining. It's interesting to think that Beyonce may be Illuminati or uh-huh. that, you know, uh, the Illuminati are, are running the world and, and the Antichrist is going to be the head of the Illuminati and, and start a one world. I mean, it's interesting. It, well, that's it's, why it's, it's, yeah. it's really cool to watch these things and huh. talk about these things. But when you start labeling a genuine real person mm-hmm. as a Satan worshiper and a conspiracist, you take away from them as a human being, even if you don't agree with them. Well, even if you don't agree with them, let's make politics. a distinction here between politics and entertainment because yeah. you have people who are in the entertainment industry, and that would include Hollywood and music. Yeah. And so they uh, they thrive on notoriety and nefarious uh, ideas being attached to them. So, mm-hmm. like, take rock and roll. Back when you and I were coming up, there were groups like Kiss and other groups. Yeah, and Motley so Crue. They yeah. would. There were a lot of these rock and roll stars who talked about selling their soul to Satan, and they would yeah. talk about it in the lyrics of their songs. Absolutely. And um, so the part of sister, you're going to burn in hell. But you see this over and over again, and I think, and like I think, Kiss is a good example of this. People who they were trying to be outrageous. Yeah. And you know they wanted the parents to get pissed off and tell mm-hmm. the children, the teenagers, don't listen to that devil music because mm-hmm. that sold records. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the same thing is true for day today when it comes to the to the um, music industry. I think that's the same thing. It's the phenomenon that you see that's sure. been called the Illuminati is sure. this is an attempt to try to create this. Um, but you know I if I think that could be another podcast because mm-hmm. there is something to it. There is a fact that there is a cabal. There is a uh, dark something uh, dark and uh, force that's that's controlling both Hollywood and the music industry. And whether I, you and I would agree that the word uh, Illuminati does not represent a continuity of, of no. secret government. No, no but no. it's just a label. Yeah. And but there is something to it. There is a there is a Hollywood. Illuminati, and there is a, a, a music industry Illuminati. Well, it's just Harvey a... Weinstein shows that. All these people talk about Pizzagate and and you know this uh, this idea of uh, uh, you know pedophilia and that kind of stuff in 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 Hollywood. And you know while that might be doubtful, but again, then you have Harvey Weinstein, uh, this serial rapist 
that um, was allowed to continue for decades. Uh, if he's one, mm-hmm. how many other people like that are there? How about the guy in Europe who was like the friends with the royalty there who was discovered to be at the highest level of the British government yeah. who was a pedophile and all exactly. that. So, I mean, now when you start talking about pedophiles, now you're bringing politics back into it because these guys are involved at the highest level of political. There was a conspiracy or a, a, a scandal years ago where um, the Boys and Girls Club in, in out in, uh, I think it was uh, North Dakota, they were bringing children, orphans, on a plane to, to Washington, D.C. to have sex with congressmen. And this was like a big scandal. And uh, so, well, now, here's where I'm going to throw in the Ramsey effect. Okay, the Ramsey theory. Just because this happened doesn't mean that there's some sort of organized cabal, to use your words, that is making it happen. It doesn't mean that one, you know, that Harvey Weinstein and the fellow in the British government are somehow connected and know each other, or that this uh, this scandal with, uh, you know, bringing in kids for congressmen to have sex with. That doesn't mean that the Illuminati is behind all of this. It's again, it's when you have these shocking things. It's only natural for human beings to want to see some connection in order to make sense out of it. Because the you know, as as a counselor and as someone who who deals with psychology every day, the most terrifying thing for the human mind is that the world is random. Mm-hmm. And the pardon my French, but the truest bumper sticker that was ever made was this. Shit happens. <laughs> and it does. Yeah, even that on Mars. That doesn't mean it's all connected. I had a neighbor who um, who was really into these conspiracy theories. <clears> and <throat> at the time, we had just landed um, a rover on Mars. And they were going around taking pictures. Of, there was a satellite taking pictures of the surface of Mars. And, and some of the stuff was uh, put up on a, on a, uh, a website by, that was run by... Uh, NASA, and he he downloaded every single photograph he could. I mean, we're talking like fifteen thousand photographs, and he had them like <laughs> printed out, and he had them sitting on his living room floor. Oh man! And like he would spend hours staring at them and stuff. And uh, he he out of all of the the fifteen thousand, he pulled out eight photographs that he was convinced were proof that there was civilization on on Mars. If you stare at it long enough, you're going to see a pyramid or you're going to see a face. And I thought so. Eight out of fifteen thousand. I was like, yeah. dude, that's okay. all you could come up with? I mean, like, if you, ga- if you gave me a week, I'd come up with twice that easily. Right. And it's like, I mean, I mean, I don't even need the photographs. I could just stare at your carpet and find a, right. find a face. I mean, the, the fact is we're hardwired to see faces. Absolutely. And, and the so Virgin Mary and water stains. I can, yeah. I can stare at the stucco wall and see a face. Absolutely. I mean, I can, it's, hard, it's hard not to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that he could only find... 10 or 15 faces on the surface of Mars, it was like, you're not looking hard enough, dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the same, and, and again, I'm going to get into my, my opinion here, but the same thing applies to human uh, interactions and, and to news stories and to events. It's, mm-hmm. it's so easy to see a connection. Mm-hmm. And, and believe it or not, <laughs> and I, I believe this, that, you know, the idea of the Illuminati probably deep down inside in in all of the all of the people that believe in it it actually makes them feel safer because it makes sense 
out of the world. Right, and I think what it also does is it pushes them back into traditional religion. Uh, and, yeah. And um, so there's a comfort in that. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, if the uh, the old-time religion, you know, let's go to church on Sunday and let's hear the same sermon that, that was preached 100 years ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, talking about Jesus coming back and, you know, this and that. And so um, that's a subject for another podcast as well. Sure, sure. I would like I like to get into that, mm-hmm. but and I don't want to disparage anybody's you know personal beliefs. I think there's great value in studying the Bible and having a relationship with God that's based on your understanding of Scripture. Mm-hmm. I just think that you can um, your extent your ex, I think the Bible is open to interpretation, and I don't think that we have to all agree on what that interpretation is. I think that we can approach it from our from a from an evolved cultural, scientific, and psychologically informed point of view and we can see that th- that there's there's metaphoric meaning to be found in these stories and they don't have to be interpreted as literal there's a, there's such a thing as a metaphysical or what what might be called um mythical or um, um mystical understanding of christianity and i i think that you know um that tends to be more of the approach that i'm comfortable with and but at the same time um, I, I don't feel uncomfortable being around people who take the Bible literally because, to me, it's all a metaphor. And so, you know, it, it's all... To, and I allow other people to have their own interpretation. I'm not trying to impose my view on anyone. So, in my, and my view isn't crystallized. It's, it's fluid. So, you know, I can yeah. sit there and share your view, and I can sit there with somebody else who has a different view, and I can share their view. And I don't think that, you know, I need to determine who's right and who's wrong in, in, that, big, in that equation. Well, that's the uh, whole idea of... What we're doing here is finding common ground. Yeah. Even though, you know, Mark and I may disagree on a lot of things, I still respect his view. And his his views have challenged me to look into my views. And, and I hope my views have done the same thing for him. And... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have read the I wouldn't have read the Communist Manifesto when I was eighteen if it hadn't been for you and I being seriously. I mean, one of the motivations I had for really delving into it was because of the arguments that you and I had in high school. I remember I was out I was out in Phoenix, Arizona, and I was walking by a John Birch Society bookstore. It's called the American Opinion Bookstore. It's on uh, it was on it close to Central and Camelback, and they had this little bookstore called the American Opinion Bookstore. And I'd walk in there sometimes and, and pick up literature, and I that's where I got the Communist Manifesto. I also read the Humanist Manifesto 1 and 2, hmm. and I read some other uh, materials. And because I felt like if I'm going to argue with somebody, I need to at least have read it. You know, I can't. Right, and so, exactly. Um, but I wouldn't have been uh, motivated to do that if you and I hadn't had the <laughs> arguments that we did. So you were That's actually awesome. one of the motivations for me to dig deeper into it. And uh, so, um, I don't think I ever told you that, but that's, no, no, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Thank yeah, that's you, true. And, and here I was, you know, preparing for this podcast, doing some research on the Illuminati and stuff. And what that led me to was doing deeper analysis of what Carl, uh, Carl Marx and, uh, Frederick Engels were, how I wanted to find out like a link. I really wanted to find a link between the Illuminati. Really? And, yeah, Isn't that and, interesting? Mark? I trying to find that link there. I, huh? I, I did find a link. <laughs> very weak i have to admit oh, okay. it's a pretty weak link but uh, there there was a um, try hard enough you can make it stronger well you know <laughs> i'm uh, being facetious man I'm, I'm sorry i i i read some i read some of carl uh, uh frederick engel's uh, material this week and in his material he <laughs> makes reference to the illuminati by the way and there's this quote that i have uh from him and he uh says that there was a left uh that the illuminati evolved into what was called the uh uh Nero. I think it was Carbonera. It was like a, um, it was like this trade union that became a secret society that became a political force, and that was what 
Um, a lot of the early supporters of Karl Marx and Frederick Engels were involved with that, and then it was a political movement, I think, in, in one of the countries in Europe, and then it was put down. And mm. But he makes reference to it, and it was... Um, it was like another branch of the Illuminati, quote unquote, and but there were many of these. I mean, there was probably hundreds of them. I mean, there, there sure, were the, the like you said, the secret societies. It's, yeah, it's where you could express your views freely. Yeah, yeah. So that all of these different um, groups, there was a, a revolution form, a, a fermenting across Europe. And it, it, what year was it? Eighteen forty-eight. Eighteen forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the same year that. Uh, the Ma- Communist Manifesto. Communist right? Manifesto was right. published, but that was later in the year, like early in the year, around March or so. It was Karl Marx was in France, and uh, he. That's when they just had started with what was called the League, the Communist League, which formerly had been mm-hmm. called the the Justice League or the League of Just Men. Mm-hmm. And if you and and so they had just kind of converted that into a political organization. Right, and the manifesto was basically just written as a way of um, organizing. Uh, the the beliefs behind the communist movement. Well, That's where my conspiracy theory comes in is that if you go back and you look at the League of Just Men or the League of Justice, as it was called before, it became the Communist League. Um, then it was it had a, a few years earlier it had been called the the League of Outlaws. Okay, uh-huh. and the League of Outlaws was based in Germany and it had a, a branch in in Paris. And so you you could kind of think of that as like the right wing in Germany, the left wing in Paris, and uh-huh. So, uh, and they had issues with this conspiratorial organization that they that were problematic and they didn't agree with, uh, according to Ingalls in his own writing. And he, and so, but they basically, the, the founders of this group, the people who were members of it were, were flexible enough to where they were willing to relinquish some of their tenets and let go of it and reformulate. And so it became, uh, uh, it went from being kind of a conspiratorial organization, kind of Illuminati-style organization, into becoming more of a political kind of utopian idea, moving towards a, a revolution um, politically. Yeah, I so, want to say one thing. Keep in mind that that Mark, whenever you're saying Illuminati, mm-hmm. and and you're you're talking about Marx and Engels, keep in mind that this was almost two hundred years ago. You know, 150, 160 years ago. Well, it was, yeah, and it was, it was 72 years later after the founding of the Illuminati. So a right. lot of things happened in that 72 years. Yeah. You know, you've got to put this in the, in context of time. Frederick Engels was making reference to the Illuminati. That doesn't mean that they're robe-wearing Satanists. No, by as any a, means, As no. a matter of fact, they were uh, atheists. Uh, not not devil worshippers, if you will. Well, the fact is, and this gets forgotten in this discussion a lot of times, is a lot of these people who were a, a quote-unquote Illuminati were opposed to anything that was supernatural. They, they yeah. rejected God and the Bible and the church, and that meant they rejected occultism and, and any kind of like seances and any kind of witchcraft. They threw it all out. They, exactly. they wanted to be men of reason. That and, was what was driving them. And that's not the Illuminati that's being sold to us today. Yeah, totally so different thing. What's fictionalized? Being, it's totally fictionalized, and, sure. we, and we know that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so that year that the uh, Communist Manifesto was 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 written um, was the same year when f- the the police came knocking on the door where Karl Marx was in, in Paris, and basically were going to place him under arrest, and they they kicked him out of the country, and that's when he went back to Germany. Mm-hmm. That's when he issued the. Um, uh, it's hilarious that you're a libertarian and you know more about Marx than I do. 
Okay. Well, I just studied up on it this week. I just, I studied. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're making um, me look bad, man. <laughs> no, I, I had some free time, so I looked it up. But the bottom line here is that uh, ideas that people have in their mind when they think about, when, they're, when they hear the word Illuminati, and uh, the, all of the concepts and ideas that are uh, in vogue today in terms of what constitutes the Illuminati are based on pure fiction. Absolutely. Pure, pure fiction. fiction. And, you know, we can trace that back to Ant Robert Anton Wilson's uh, mm -hmm. tr trilogy. We can look at the card game by uh, Steve Jackson. We can look at a lot of different things and realize that, you know, this is kind of like the Dan Brown interpretation of history. Right. It's just fictionalized. And it's fictionalized because it's, it's interesting. It sells. Again, I'm going to go with the, the, the Ramsey theory. I really like the idea. But at the same time, me personally, as a Marxist, I, I do believe these huge international corporations that are above the governments of the world, mm -hmm. uh, do they conspire? Yeah, you bet you they do. Do they, are they interested in ruling the world? I don't think so. Are they interested in ruling as much as they can and increasing their power and increasing their wealth? Absolutely. Do they want a new world order? No. Why would you want a new world order when the one that you have right now is made you as powerful and as wealthy as you are? So, well, okay. So let me argue against that because okay. I, I'm agreeing with you that this Illuminati thing is a crock. Okay? Yeah. But I'm not agreeing with you that there's no such thing as a conspiracy. I th I believe that there, uh, and, and I'm I'm putting the blame for this conspiracy that I believe on on the very people that you're pointing the finger at. You're pointing uh -huh. you're pointing the finger at this one uh, percent, and uh -huh. you're saying that they're a problem in the world we live in. And I'm uh -huh. agreeing with you that they're a problem. Okay, but we're I, agreeing on that. But yeah. I'm going even further, and I'm saying that there is a conspiracy, and they are it. And I don't call it the Illuminati. I call it the Anglo-American establishment. Okay, I'm going to agree with that. I will agree with that. And they're, they, but they're not conspiring to bring in the Antichrist. They're not conspiring. No, it's not a satanic thing and really. To, to yeah. do any of that. They're conspiring to hold on to power yeah, right. and enrich themselves as much as possible. Yes. That's, I think we find agreement on that. Yeah. Yeah. The whole satanic thing is a red herring as far as I can tell. Yeah. There's a, you know, if, 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 uh, if people, uh, there is such a thing as Satanism, and that takes us into a whole different discussion. Right. But it's not related to this political issue. And what yeah. I'm talking about when I say the Anglo-American establishment, I'm talking about CIA. I'm talking about the uh, IMF, the World Bank. It all revolves around money, power, and Wall Street. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know about the CIA because so, that's been used in a lot of different conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Certainly in the 60s about? and the 50s and the 40s and during the Cold War, they were out no. of control. Oh, come on. This should be right up your alley, the conspiracy <laughs> of the... You don't, you don't think the CIA is behind everything? Okay. No, of course I don't think the CIA wow. is behind everything. Just like you don't believe the Illuminati is behind everything. Exactly. I don't believe well, the Illuminati is behind everything okay. either. I don't even believe only the half Illuminati right. exists. You're only half oh, right. Holy... Yeah, the, the CIA, that was my nickname, Half Right Hignite, there for a while. You're yeah. only half right because uh -huh. the CIA is behind everything. Okay, so <clears throat> once again, and you should looking, know that. Looking for looking for links. I would you expect know. you to to know that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. I believe the Walton family is behind everything. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, in this neck of the woods, it's not a stretch. Yeah, no, it's um, not. It's not. But uh, no, this this this. Uh, so when we talk about the established political order, which I refer to as the Anglo-American establishment. Now, yes. this is a real 
conspiracy discussion now. Yes. We can, we can dispense with the whole Illuminati yes. BS because that's like, it's not it's foolishness. It's not credible. No. Okay. And no. there's no historical evidence for it. But no. if you take the word uh, Illuminati as just a word, like the word cabal, mm-hmm. and you just say that, forget the historical. Bavarian Illuminati, forget that for a second, and just mm-hmm. think that we've taken the word Illuminati and added it to our lexicon. It just means conspiracy. Now we can apply that to the record industry. Now we can apply that to the movie industry. And these are real conspiracies. And I'm real power cabals, real organizations that control power. If you want to go to Hollywood and make movies, you you know, it's going to help you, you to be... You, you have to know certain people. That's right. And yeah, the same thing absolutely. is... And so this is what we're talking about when mm-hmm. we talk about Illuminati. Now, does it mean that there's guys dressed in... Uh, robes that meet in the in the woods and and worship owls and you know dress in drag and stuff. Um, uh, He's referring to the Bohemian Grove. Yeah. So there is a there is a there is a group that does that. But you know what's interesting? You know, I mean, can you can you picture Dick Cheney dressed in drag? I would rather not. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, people, you know. That's a whole other. That's another thing altogether. I, I kind of relate relate that to just like a frat party. Yeah, and and again, I don't think this Bohemian Grove thing is the you know the basis of this quote conspiracy, which is where Alex Jones and all these other people yeah, we would could say that. that these so called satanic rituals and what have you are symptomatic of these people who've rejected God and think of themselves as being the elites and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's more of a symptom of the problem. And I'm not so interested in that no. um, symptom. I'm more interested in what's really, who they are and what their agenda is. Yeah. And let's talk about the real issue. And so, you know, I can, I, I just don't care about all that. Okay. So you mentioned like agenda, mm-hmm. which is very conspiratorial talk. So tell me what, what, what you believe their agenda is, and, and I'll, you give your opinion, and I'll give mine. Go ahead. Okay, well, I think there is an agenda, and has been an agenda, to create a new world order without God. And so uh, that's why the Illuminati term is used, is because that's what, um, that's what these guys were talking about in 1776 in Bavaria. They were talking about that very thing, a new world order without God. And I think that there is a conspiracy to create a new world order of God. I'm I, uh, without God, and that's that takes many different forms. Okay, you, you know, I mean, you could look at Hitler, you could look at uh, Lenin, you could look at the, you could look at the Rockefellers. You know, I mean, all of these guys uh, that are power brokers in the world are part of some conspiracy. There's, there's left wing, right wing, whatever. But what they all have in common is that they do want to create a new world order without God. I think that's a true statement. Now, does that mean that there is a satanic force at work that's behind it? Um, possibly, but I, I don't get into the whole, uh, you know, they're a bunch of w- practicing witchcraft. I don't care about no. that, okay? But I do think that, um, that there, but we are seeing this kind of behavior repeating itself, and there is a conspiracy towards this idea of a global governance and one world government, and there's, um, there's an agenda at work. You know, like take the, the idea of this global warming. That's an agenda, Okay. That's, a, that's a subject for another. podcast. That is a subject well. for another podcast, yeah. but it's but it but it's part of this agenda, the agenda twenty one of the United Nations wanting to you know it's there's many different levels to this conspiracy and agenda. What I'm saying is that there's no continuity of faults of secret government dating back to 1776 in the Illuminati. I don't uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. Okay. The, the, here's what I would say. There's a spirit of Illuminati, though. There, well, okay, if you want to take that, you could say there's a spirit of Illuminati. Now, my, my opinion, and again, I'm not as learned as you are on all these things, 
But my opinion is, is the only thing on these people's agenda is to increase their power and increase their wealth. And if it means God is out of the picture, then God is out of the picture. If it means God is in the picture, then God is in the picture. I don't think God has anything to do with their agenda. I don't think a world world government has anything to do with their agenda. Because the idea, here's, here's the thing. I remember whenever I was an undergrad, <clears throat> I remember these two terms. And I'm sure you know what they are, Mark. There's de facto and de jure. Okay? De facto means in fact, as, as it already is. De jure means in law. So we can look at the one world government idea. And in de jure, it's not. We have 200 some odd nations. And each one is sovereign, and each one has its own army and navy and its own form of government or whatever. But in, in de facto, what we have is a group of international corporations that pretty much get what they want. So is there a one-world government? There's not an official de jure one-world government. I don't think these people in uh, the Bilderberg uh, you know, these, these 1% of the 1% yeah. give a damn about the du jour, what they've no. already got what they want. The only thing that they yeah. want more yeah. is power. I think it was, uh, well, we could, I think it was J.D. Rockefeller. They asked him, how much money does it take mm-hmm. to make you happy? And you know what he said? One more dollar than what you have. Yeah, that's sick. And I think that's the law of these 1%. Yeah. Well, you boil it down. You boil it down to money. Then is what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Okay. As a Marxist, I can't do anything but. Yeah. Well, I don't boil. It. I think that money is a significant part of it. And if you want to know who the conspirators are, then you need to see who benefits. And money is a big factor. Absolutely. So I, you know, I think that that's a good way to identify the enemy mm-hmm. is by who's who's controlling the money. And when you ask that question, it always comes back to the banks, and that brings in the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And see, th- and these groups that control the money, the bankers, the international bankers, mm-hmm. are the ones that are labeled the Illuminati. Now I don't know how that happened because. <laughs> Because the, uh, there's no connection whatsoever. But somehow the word Illuminati has been attached to this international banking cabal conspiracy. And there again, there's no connection whatsoever. None. Maybe it's some way of making them look worse. Or, yeah. or yeah, it's like getting religious people or conspiracy-minded people on the mm-hmm. side of... You know, yeah, you were talking about labels earlier, yeah. and one of the labels at the at this time was Jesuit. If you would accuse somebody of being a Jesuit, that was like a slur. It's huh. like it's like saying that oh, you're a Jew or you're an Illuminati or you're you're, you're talking a, about back in the, in the days of eighteen forty eight. Yeah, yeah, okay. And back in those days, uh, or you're you know. Like it's a way to criticize someone you're having an argument with without having a real discourse. You can just label them a Jesuit or label them an Illuminati or whatever. It's kind of so, funny how that still is today. It's, it's it? always been that way. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be getting worse. Uh, That's just your perception. It's always world. been that way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it it seems to be. But yeah. the thing is, uh, the. The international banking conspiracy is a real thing, okay? You have the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and the rest of them. And, you know, this um, uh, de jure being real legitimate government, right? Right, by law. By law. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I would like to introduce the idea of common law. Now, the, originally in this country, we had a thing called common law. Mm-hmm. But it got replaced uh, with fiat law, or what did you call it? The de facto? de facto or fiat, same difference. It means, it, that means in fact. 
in know, place of even, even if it's not it's government legal. Issued. Say segregation. You have yeah. segregation is illegal. De jure segregation is illegal, mm-hmm. but in fact. It's still in place. You right. have cities where uh, African Americans are all grouped in one place, and and uh, Anglo Americans are grouped in another place. That's de facto, even though it's illegal. It's still in truth. Right. So let me let me rephrase that in my own term, my own words. What we had um, early on in this country is we had what was called common law, and this was uh, uh, established by the Constitution, and the Constitution was established because of the common law that came from Europe, and particularly England with the Magna Carta. Basically, yeah. that, that was established to, to put limitations on the monarchy and say, okay, there's certain you know, inalienable rights and freedoms and liberties that society has and that you can't violate them even though you're a monarch, even though you're the king. You have to recognize that these are legitimate rights. And one of the things was mm-hmm. property rights. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this brings up the Marxist idea that we should get rid of property, and that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, right, right, but, right. <laughs> and that's where we're, you and I are going to disagree on, yeah, probably. Yeah, sure, but, sure. But... The point I'm trying to make here is that that there's a distinction that needs to be made between common law and statutory law. Okay. All right. So common law in under common law, there's no crime unless there's a victim. You have different laws. You have laws that are um, based on constitutional uh, foundation, and you have laws that are just dreamed up. Like let's take automobiles for example. Okay. If you drive in a, a car, um, you have a constitutional right to free exercise of the highway and byways, but you voluntarily submit to the laws that govern motor vehicles by putting a license plate on your automobile. Okay, I will say that. However, the license plate. Now again, I'm just I'm playing the you know I'm the playing the devil's advocate here. Pardon the Illuminati reference, but um, what I'm saying is is that the idea of a license plate is required by the state government. It's not a federal government thing. And if you don't have a license plate, you can you can say it's voluntary or not, but they're going to pull you over and give you a ticket. Yeah, it's a it's a real annoyance. You have to go in front yeah. of the judge all the time. Absolutely. And, and he's the only way you can win that case is if you can prove that you have original title to the vehicle, which is virtually impossible to do. Mm-hmm. So, but if you can, if uh, first thing an officer does when he pulls you over is he asks you if this is your motor vehicle, and that's for two reasons. One is if you acknowledge that it's a motor vehicle, then you acknowledge the laws that govern motor vehicles. But if you were to answer to say and say, no, this is my home, then you could make a legal argument that this is you know, like you're in a motor home, for example. You say, uh-huh. I live here. This is my home. I'm not, uh-huh. This is not a motor vehicle. This is my home. Uh-huh. And if it's not moving and it's sitting stationary, then you could legally make that case in court. Okay. Huh. So the thing is that um, the, what I don't really care to try to convert you to my way of thinking. <laughs> I'm... We're, we're going to find some common ground in here somewhere. No. <laughs> it's just you got me started with this talking about de jure, law de jure. And what I'm yeah. saying is that there was what happened was there was a period of time in American history where things were based on common law. But gradually it became statutory law. And the statutory law doesn't uh, assume that you're innocent. Um, bef- that In other words, let's put it this way. Under common law, there's no crime unless there's a victim. But under statutory law, you can be guilty of a crime even though there is no victim. Well, now, now here's where I'm going to find some common ground with you. I do see, believe it or not, I do see a lot of government overreach. There seems to be a law for everything, you know, and, and, and where is it, what's it based on? You know, is it based on common sense? Is it based on inalienable rights to life, liberty, and property? You know, it's not based where, on common where law. Where is it? You know, it's not based on common law. That's uh-huh. the problem. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so if I could, if I could have my wish to change the universe, I would just revert back to a common law era where we just everything was common law. That was far better. We didn't have statutory laws telling you that you know you're going to go to jail because you spit on the sidewalk or use profanity at the beach or whatever. Okay, uh-huh. those things are ridiculous. Um, but that's all examples like in the city limits. The city says you can't do this, you can't do that. Okay, that's all statutory law. All right, it's and so this is the problem because you can pass laws, statutory laws, and make anything a crime. And they do it. Yeah, well, and, and it's a problem. It, and and you know, then that's exactly right because there's so many laws out there. But where I would, uh, you know, disagree with you is that if the government that passes the law is democratically elected by those who are being governed, then you know, John Locke, government exists by the consent of the governed. So now, if the if if the government that passes the law is appointed by some higher power and is not um, elected by the people who are being governed, then that I would agree is a statutory law and it should not be respected. But if we have a a, a vote here in the city to elect a, a city council and the city council says that it's illegal to spit on the sidewalk. And we don't like that, then we have an opportunity the next time there's an election to vote them out and change the law. Yeah, but the, the, we, what happens is you might vote the guy out, but the law never gets changed. It just stops being enforced. Unless so, the guy runs on... So 100 years later, some other corrupt leader gets elected, and he decides to take that old law that's still in the books yeah. and enforce it. I, so I, this is the yeah, problem. I'm not disagreeing with you yeah. on that. that yeah. that's, I agree. Yeah. The, the principle that I'm saying is is that laws are if, if laws are made... Uh-huh. By a body that's been elected by the people, yeah. then they they're genuine laws. They're they're legitimate laws. Well, now I will agree with you that the problem is just like every government program on the books, it starts at some point and it never goes away. Yeah. So th- again, this is a distinction that needs to be made between common law or law of the land versus law of the sea. Is that that you know common law is common sense. Okay, and so, but when it comes to statutory law, anything can be illegal, and it's just that it's kind of a rule of the majority and dictatorship. So I have a problem with that, and so, um, but I know that there's no fixing it. I'm sorry, but there is no fixing it. There is no going back, but there's always going forward. And if enough people can wake up, and if enough people can get off their couch and get active in their community, Mm-hmm. Not the community that we talked about last week, but the the local, the, the, the local community. Yeah. Then these things can be changed. Well, this is the thing. The only way that the change is going to happen, and the only way change ever really does happen in in such a fashion that it that it's um, a sustainable mm-hmm. is is when that change is bottom up. Absolutely. Okay, so I agree with that point of view, and I think you share that point mm-hmm. of view. So what I'm a big advocate of is decentralization for that very reason, because mm-hmm. I think that you know that when you have a centralized government that's been in power for 200 years, uh, there's uh, all of these artifacts that have been attached to the edifice of this governing body that over the course of time has become unbalanced and over and unwielding, and, and um, it, it's just it's especially it's since World War II. 
Yeah, it's it's top heavy and it's going to tip over at some point. Yeah. And a lot of people are predicting that this is coming. You know, they're yeah. they're anticipating this is going to happen within 40 years. The United mm. States is going to go through what the Soviet Union went through, a total collapse. Mm. And you can look at how the Federal Reserve System and the value of the dollar has been uh, inflated and devalued over time. And you can see it looks like a hockey. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of it's problems. Like yeah. There's a lot of problems. And we're heading for a, a brick wall, it looks like, at high speed. So, but again... To bring some hope, interject some hope into this whole thing is I'm not worried about the the, the collapse of this whole system. Um, what I is because I think that there are going to be better technologies like Bitcoin and various things that will be able to rescue us and create. We just need to learn our lesson from history, and that's why it's important to discuss this stuff and understand what it means to have a sound monetary policy. What does it mean to have sound money? Okay, why was it important to have gold and silver as a standard for your money? Why is the the things that we're taught in college, like Kensington economics, why is that flawed? You know, um, this is important to understand. You take the the Marxist point of view, and the the majority of the people graduate from college take the Kensington view of, of economics, but nobody talks about Hayek and understanding the the need for sound money and gold and silver and the store of value and all that. It's not discussed. It's not mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned that the 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 fall of the system is coming. And you know, um, in in a in a very perverse way, I kind of look forward to it. Me too. If I could push a button and make it happen, I yeah. I would be tempted to do that. I'm at the bottom, so it's not going to hurt me. The the higher you know, <laughs> the, the higher up the higher you are, the, are, the harder you fall. That's right. So you know, I could just roll over in my sleep and push that button. You got and, two dimwits here. We're not even going to notice. That's, that's right. So don't put the. I'm a dimwit. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. Do not put that button in front of me. I I will roll over at my sleep me and push too, that button buddy. and me not even too. notice it. I wouldn't even. I'd be the last one to even know about it. You know, I wouldn't even know what happened. I wouldn't even know about it until like a week later. But um, it's not going to affect me. Um, but uh, the thing is that uh, what I do advocate for is educating people on history so they don't want to repeat it so that we can make better choices. And I'm also a big proponent of decentralization. I think that you said local. You were talking about community and local politics. Uh-huh. Well, all politics is local, as they yeah. say. Yeah. And so people need to become uh, activated politically. And not to hold on to the current system or think that the but current to system is going to change it. To be active in the, in the sense of knowing what's going on and, and have an understanding that decentralization is not is a good thing. Uh, modern day Illuminati, I think we both agree, is bunk, right? As far as being Satanists and dressing in robes. Yeah, the, the term Illuminati is a misnomer. It, yeah. We should just. We should anytime we use the word Illuminati, we should also use the word cabal, and so that it's clear that what we're talking about is not some link to the past, and the, as if the Bavarian Illuminati was some secret government that has maintained continuity over over two hundred years, which is no. ridiculous. No, it has not. It's just a catch-all mm-hmm. phrase. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah. So when we use it in that way, then we can say yes, there is an Illuminati in the record industry. Yes, there is an Illuminati in Hollywood. Yeah, and and there's there is an Illuminati in the international corporations and banking and in banking. That's a big one. And right. and but it's not like they're all in league together. It has it's, nothing to do with Freemasonry per se. It's not Freemasonry. It has nothing to do with uh, witchcraft per se. None of that. Um, there might be some elements there that you can point to, like the Bohemian Grove dressing and dressing up like druids in the woods and yeah, you know, whatever. You know, that's just some kind of. As far as I can tell, that's just some kind of creepy thing that goes on. Yeah. But the, a lot of these secret societies have this kind of stuff, like the the 
the, the skull and bones that was uh-huh. they do this thing too uh-huh. where they they get into a casket and they do this whole business and and I kind of view that as being like a frat club kind of behavior. Absolutely, that doesn't mean that they're all inter and, and this is my opinion. That doesn't mean that they're all interconnected and they all communicate with each yeah, other. And no, they're all in, it's like the, the it, it's they 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 enjoy doing things that are taboo or forbidden. Right, that's, and the, that's the draw. That that's is the, the draw. draw, right? So mm-hmm. the idea, and because it is a secret society, they want to keep your mouth shut. So they might make you do some like uh, wretched thing, like mm. you know, kill a cat that's your pet, or kill a dog that's your pet. Right. You know, I mean, they do. They, I've heard stories about some yeah. of this re- pretty sick stuff. Right. And um, you know, but is it illegal? No. Is it really satanic? No. no. Is it pretty creepy and weird? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. So I think Mark and I are in agreement that this Illuminati thing is bunk. Uh, that, um, but there is some conspiracies, if you will, but it's not... From your point of view, it all revolves around money. It, from and, my point of view, it does. It yeah. all revolves around money and, and power. And I think that the, there is a, an agenda, which is the agenda for a new world order without God. That seems to be a driving force. And that's where and, I would disagree with you a little bit, because uh, I think it's all about money. God, for them, is either a useful tool or an annoyance. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. It's only an opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be uh, looking at it from a conservative point of view. I've been indoctrinated from a conservative point of view. I see it that way, you know, and so I could be wrong. I'll just admit that I could well, be wrong. Well, and I could be wrong, too, Yeah. you know. So, I mean, we could, one of us is right and the other one's wrong, and who knows which is which, right? I think that, you know, there. it does appear to me that there's this... Uh, this uh, agenda for a new world order without God, but maybe the without God part is just not as significant as I thought, or perhaps I don't know. But well, the the new world order, and and again, we need to shut this down. But in my mind, the new world order is already here. Uh, it's a de facto thing yeah. that the one percent of the one percent already oh, yeah. have what they want. I think we can agree on that. I yeah. call it the uh, uh, the Anglo-American establishment. Anglo-American and, and establishment, and it's it's been going on for quite some time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, especially since the end of World War II. Yeah, basically. It, mm-hmm. it, since the Bretton Woods Agreement and the dollar became the reserve currency of the world, that's basically when yeah. the New World Order took took its current form. Right. And will it collapse at some point in the near future? Uh, a lot of smart money is betting on that it will happen. Well, I, I would have to say so. Yeah. I, I, so know. what we want to see happen is resurgence of a uh, system that is that is more libertarian, that is more uh, based on common law, and that is decentralized. And, you know, believe it or not, I'm going to... I'll let you get the last word. Okay, I'll get the last word. Here we go. Believe it or not, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. My my mind, I could care less about the government system. What I care about is the economic system. And what what I would dream of is a system in which worker cooperatives freely compete with each other and also cooperate for the benefit of society as needed, but where each worker equally owns the company. Well, this That's what I dream of. Cool. And the thing is that I, at one time, could not relate to that at all until I stumbled onto this thing called holacracy. And we're going to have to have a podcast about holacracy because this could be the model for the future. And uh, I'd like to, you know, educate you and, and myself on this subject because sure. I, I don't know that much about it. But we could de- delve into that in another podcast okay. and understand what this uh, holacracy, what it means, uh, examples of it. Let's talk about that. Maybe next time we can get together and discuss that. Okay. All right. All right well, let me shake your hand. Uh, Dwight, thank you for your um, 
coming out tonight and being willing to discuss this topic for such a length of time. Yeah. And I'm going to have to edit this down and trim it up because it's way too long. <laughs> no but, doubt. <laughs> but uh, I think we've got some interesting conversation going. I think so we did. Thank you, and we'll see you next yeah. week. All um, right. See you for next all, week. Uh, that wraps it up from the Dimwits. We'll see you later. Thanks for joining us, and goodbye. Goodbye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.